This program is in partnership with Open and Clear Broadcasting. Don't miss the call. Join the revolution of the evolving perspective of an awakened consciousness. Are you ready? Join the community at openandclear.com. So hopefully Mark comes back. <laughs> Beware of false prophets, 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 which come to you in sheep's clothing. My brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into driver's temptation. But inwardly they are ravenous Knowing wolves. This, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may ye shall know them by their fruits. Entire, wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and abradeth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven. Is Reverend Devon Divine a false prophet? For let not that man think that he shall receive anything. Sent here to Lord. lead us astray. A doubting, double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Let the brother of low degree rejoice that he is exalted. But the rich... Or is he a spiritual teacher who can guide us to the path of freedom? I'm Dr. Mark. Come with me and partake of his fruit of knowledge. Thereof falleth and the grass of the fashion and decide for yourself. Then when the lust has conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Do not err, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow or of turning. Of his own will begat he us with the word of truth, that we shall be. Welcome to another episode of False Prophet. This is Dr. Mark here with Reverend Devin Devine on this September 11th episode. Can uh, you hear me, Devin? I can. Hello, you made it. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're doing, but yeah, September 11th. I didn't notice until now. Wow, look at that. I know, 15 years. 16. Years so- something I was supposed to remember about today. I hope it's not your kids <laughs> waiting at the babysitter or something. No, I just remember <laughs> saying we'll never forget, and I'm trying to remember what it was. But uh, <laughs> life, anyway. Right. That was pretty crazy. Yeah, I was still in high school. You were too, I guess, huh? Yeah. Wow. Junior year, sophomore, something. 
Wow. <laughs> I know. It's the hallmark that we're old now. Yeah, but I felt so young to say even just 15 years ago, I was still in high school. What? <laughs> You went to your 10-year reunion a little while ago, didn't you? Yeah, I did. It was supposed to be yours, too, wasn't it? Nobody ever invites me. Uh -oh. I wasn't popular with you. you. Wait. Digital issues. Okay, you back? Can I hear you? <laughs> mm -hmm. I didn't hear you. Testing, response. testing. I said, you were the popular one. Nobody ever invites me to the, the reunions. If... <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it was, uh, what you didn't, it was on Facebook. I got re told about it like three days before. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you almost have to go looking for it, I guess. They don't, they're not doing a very good job with that. Right. I guess I should have been more proactive. Lesson learned. Well, I think we got a couple years until the 15. I'll try and let you know about it. Nice. So how's life? To... Pretty good. Pretty good. I was out here talking to my roommates over dinner. We had some Indian food because we're in England and there's lots of Indian restaurants. And my roommates are Indian, so we had Indian food. It was really good. Oh, yeah? but we were chatting about <clears throat> we're all kind of in the same situation where we're all out here kind of in limbo in med school where we're supposed to be moving forward, but we're hung up on this board exam we're supposed to take. And we're like, man, why does this kind of thing happen? There's wise, wise, you know? And then, uh, <clears throat> you know, we kind of came to this conclusion that everything happens for a reason. Everything happens yeah. for a reason. There's, there's some reason or other, you know? But it all works out. Yeah. So I've been thinking about that. It's true. And it's it's essentially because it's all going back to the same place in which it began. So it depends on the perspective you have, like where you're looking at it happening for a reason. You know, like you mm. see, you know, this lining up so you can have this working out in your life. And yeah, that makes sense. But also mm. this whole, you know, birth thing happens for a reason. And then this death thing happens for a reason. And that's even on the eternal perspective. <laughs> And so it's like, right. you know, it depends on where you're looking at it from, but all beginnings and all ends and everywhere in betweens is just kind of a, a setup where even though there may be some chaotic order to it, it's all kind of going to fall back into place and go back and exactly where it came from. And so, I mean, as far as it all having a reason and a meaning, it de depends on what I've given it. Uh, you know, what purpose and what is meaningful and what is a reason, you know, as we like to think these negative things, we we want to avoid them, we don't want them happening, but those things happen for a reason, and as well as the good things, you know, we have this, oh, I'm just getting in the right place at the right time and having this thing, and that those as well happen for a reason, you know, and and so it's like, well, when do I where I'm sitting, when is that reason kind of calculated to be, oh, it's working out, you know, oh, it's all working out, where's, the, you know, it's like, where am I standing to say it's all working out? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> At what point can you sit there and be like, oh, now it's all okay? Yeah. 
So you're kind of no, looking, looking. Uh, sorry, you look. You're like looking back on your life, and you know, pretty much. Can I look at my life and see that it's all working out, regardless if it's good or bad? But mm-hmm. then there's some sort of reasons, and it goes through the, its seasons, and it's living its life and being an expression and being perfect. Can I see the perfection of it? without seeing that it's in perfect order, you know, like without seeing the necessarily structure of what I would define as perfection. Right. I, I could look at a, a terrible, crushed life, falling apart. Can I see that as perfect? You know, can I see? Mm-hmm. And no matter what it is, really, to identify with perfection will always bring you with a higher perception and you start resonating in and hiring yourself to a, a, a higher plane of existence and awareness. Because mm-hmm. to to be in your life and to be associated in the things that you're doing, uh, it's natural that you have to have this experience of opposition, you know, being good and bad and dealing with, you know, figuring out if you're lost or not and if you're happy or not and <laughs> confused mm-hmm. or not and all this. And so to to naturally look above that battleground between the knowledge of good and evil and the right and wrong and confused or not, you're naturally putting yourself up a little, a higher plane where it can see, you know, see how, you know, the best results and the best, the natural condition, you know, the, the way in which will be a more peaceful approach to life because you can see more clearly, you know, a higher plane. You, know, you can recognize what's going on. And that just yeah. choosing to be and see perfection is naturally starting to do that. So is there perfection in all things already then? Yeah, so back to the or perceptions of perception. Perceptions of perfection. There you go. So that ten times fast. Uh, as far as even in my life, I can't even say perceptions of perfection perfectly. So, <laughs> so as it, you know, depending on where we're focused and what we're seeing and believing is real, you know, our definition of perception will change and shift uh, according to what we think is perfect. A lot of people think that the human body has been made perfect. I mean, to say in the image of God is pretty tremendous. And uh, yet it gets sick <laughs> and it, get, you know, it gets ill and, and falls apart, dies and decays. And to say, you know, yeah, well, at the beginning it was in the image of God. And then, you know, even babies die. I mean, come on. It, it, does that mean God dies too? I mean, it's like it, what there's things always, depending on where you're perceiving that with this knowledge of good and evil, you will always be looking at something and be able to see, you know, yeah, it's good and it's bad. <laughs> and it's, right. so it's hard to see the perception of perfection. Uh, so it's entirely a conscious realization, a conscious choice in seeing something higher, greater than what I currently know. So like bodies is, is really just an experience that we're having now. Our personality is an experience we're having now. And in order to experience it firsthand, it, it has to be in this realm of uh, 
having opposition of some degree or another mm-hmm. so that you know you know where it is where you reside the ability to to move from point a to point b involves an emptiness in between so a lack of right. point a's and point b's in between um, and just having that whole experience and including birth and death and having a whole life in the middle and so it, it's all based off of this opposition and so it's including in that sense that if you are looking from another dimensional perspective uh, perfection usually doesn't involve anything having to do with the body uh, mm-hmm. with the majority of, of perfection and the ideas of all that and and your experience so it really depends as to say perfection in all things uh, to a fourth dimensional awareness of the body uh, absolutely not there is no perfection um, but it is perfectly chaotic that's for sure and it has, <laughs> has some perfect order about it but to define w- and you know how uh, people have this idea of perfection that you need to fit into everybody being exactly the same doing the exact same things you know we have that idea of perfection that then doesn't involve opposition so that means we think of opposition as not perfect so mm-hmm. so it's trying to get rid of that so the idea is actually to experience what we would say is as evil and mm-hmm. the opposition and knowledge good and evil and find perfection there can we find perfection there? In other words, you know, it, it, it's a lot of distracting ideas of believing and in, in understanding and not understanding and recognizing and not recognizing. And can we find that perfection? Essentially, the, the test of this dimensional reality is to, can you find that it is all perfect glory of God opposed to, you know, my terrible creations that I just suck at this <laughs> whole thing which both all yeah both are available both are true you know what what am I willing to see in other words really what am I choosing for my next dimensional experience by how I'm thinking so when we see something is imperfect or when we have that kind of thinking is it just because we're in good and evil mentality still we place value on the good and we say that evils there's no value there yeah ultimately yeah uh, the, it's somewhere in that definition you know of defining it as acceptable or not acceptable for you know the billions of reasons that we have ultimately right. we're deciding almost habitually what we're going to be doing say after we let the body go you know, what are we going to be thinking and doing with our, our, our manifestation still? You know, are we going to be able to see beyond, see difference? You know, to say going into a dream, a sleeping dream, we take the habits of our ways of thinking that we're using in our daily life into that dream. And the fact that we can just, like, keep going into chaos and, and disorder <laughs> And, and dealing with without thinking our way out of it, like without being mindful and aware that you know this is happening by my choice, I'm deliberately doing this, and to be able to to choose differently. I mean, this that's the idea of hell being after death is that if you're trained, completely trained to think only in terrible life, terrible ideas, terrible, terrible, and that you don't like. 
then you're going to mm. be doing the same after death. Terrible ideas, terrible life. In, until you recognize and come out of it, you know, would you be able to do the same thing going into a hellish experience of manifestation after death? And you recognize, oh, I do this all to myself, and oh, I can change my mind, and bam, you can start doing it. It's the same thing training right now. We just have a, a longer gestation period, you know. <laughs> you have time to change your mind before it's manifest. And you have time mm -hmm. to think about, are you sure you want to think like that? Because <laughs> that's going to manifest into this type of a lifestyle and everything. Uh, as far as in a dream and when we don't have the gestation period of a physical body, it would happen instantaneously. Mm. Yeah. So, so even, every time we... Well, real quick, even if we don't have a body and we think of having a body or think of reincarnation, even just for a second, it's already done. Boom. Yeah. We're back in the dream. Yeah. <laughs> so if we change our mind rapidly... Our world would be changing rapidly and flicking in and out of different existences and stuff. In a way, I mean, we're, we're doing that all right now. Like the spiritual world is in our awareness, and as our consciousness is changing, we usually see this form of imagination, and that's really what the spiritual universe is like. And so we mm -hmm. see it in our minds in a representation, but we're currently focused on the physical reality. So it has a longer gestation period, meaning that it takes more time uh, for it to manifest and just happen. Uh, but you'll find as, as you become more mindful and aware and less thoughts of your real about your separation, you'll find that the manifestation starts uh, uh, rapidly getting faster. <laughs> repetition right. yeah <laughs> so we're creating this dream we're creating this situation that we're in all the time we feel like we're victims of it but really it's because of the idea that we're holding in our head what would it be like to experience this situation and then poof we're in a situation essentially yeah uh as far as kind of it being summed up in that i mean we're talking multiple multiple options all at once and really it's one being choosing every single one of us bodies and it's mm. it's one being choosing every single planet with every single body on that and so it's a it's a little bit of a bigger more massive idea than just you know my little consciousness chooses my little self um. and so it's it's pretty extreme but as far as what we're concerned with in this second, third, and fourth dimensional perspective, it is about knowing each of our individual selves wholeheartedly for ourselves as ourself. So it's, it's considered this era of the Son of God, which means that it's in the idea of separation of everything else instead of knowing everything else as itself, which all needs to be done. It all needs to be pretty much experienced the same. And this is just a season of, of the unfoldment of knowing ourselves. Mm. So we learn each of our own individual identities. And then when they all, we can see all of the identities and all of the possibilities and the infiniteness, then we can start to understand God, the mind of God or something. Yeah, pretty much. And it is... It's the whole experience from beginning to end being really the, the same one thing. But, you know, what do you do for eternity 
when you are everything and know everything, and essentially <laughs> it's kind of the forgetting of everything to know it all again. You know, it's it's that idea that God knows you by name. God knows you very personally, and and I I would say even more than that, uh, God knows you so much He actually believes He is you, uh, just the same mm. way you do. <laughs> And you actually think, <laughs> the confusion here is you think, you know, God's someone else thinking he's you. But no, it's, it's the same ens- essence in you that's thinking you are you. And so it gets, it's, it's very vast, very expansive. Uh, right. <laughs> you know, hard to explain. <laughs> oh, it's very undefinable. Like, yeah. Right. Scare quotes. <laughs> Scare quotes. We believe in quote-unquote God. I was talking with some friends yesterday I was at their house for dinner and they were saying they were having a hard time believing in God they've always believed in God and stuff but lately they've just kind of started falling out of the idea like is there really a God could there be a God and they're having this like existential crisis about how to believe in God because they've always had this very rigid structure of how it's supposed to be done, and they're just having resistance with it, you know? And so I've been thinking a lot about that, about them and their belief in God and the evolution of it, and they're scared to, to let it change or something. We're just losing the idea that God is there. Could God really exist? Hmm. Kind of having that you know, natural changing idea of God. And so you're falling away from one into a different one. And yet it makes people nervous. Like, oh no, I'm supposed to stay in this idea of God, not go into a different one. That That's not acceptable. But, right. You know, it's like acceptable by who? <laughs> you know, right. Who, who's not accepting of it? Well, what happened was they learned something about their religion that... They're like, wait, that really happened? And it shed some new light on something. And so they're kind of feeling uncomfortable about their religion, you know? It was was interesting. Because I'm like, man, the more we know, the more things change. And it it can make life uncomfortable because we want static. We want definitions. When I say I believe in God, I want a picture of a little, you know, an old man with a white beard and a a white dress or something on a cloud, you know? Yeah. When that changes, it can make us uncomfortable and create this existential crisis. Yeah, we base our life out off of it. You know, it's a very big thing. Is like, even if we're believing in no God, essentially mm-hmm. we're making a lot of decisions. Like, we all have that aspect of our brain that is designed to base, you know, it is the base, <laughs> the core essence of everything we're choosing to believe is real choosing to do in life is you know oh well there's no god so it's okay oh well there is a god so i have to watch out oh there's a god watching you know and like we almost (laughs) come from that in every form so it's very it's earth shattering earth shattering uh to you know the very foundation and a lot of people talk about that tower of babel and how that's kind of the idea of it that we're trying to build this way to god and this stairway to god and yet if all of a sudden you find out that 
God's not up there, you know, the whole thing comes crashing down and you don't know how to speak to anybody. You know, don't know how to relate <laughs> to anybody anymore. You're like, what's going on? Who am I? You know, it's, it's, you're, you're building. And that's kind of the idea of, you know, what are we choosing right now in our lives to be our experience for the future or our experience for the next dimensional experience? Our experience for after death, you know, what are we building it after? And is it something that we actually want to be our experience? Is it something we actually want to be doing forever? So how do you become consciously aware then? Because it seems like a lot of people just go along and they don't think about it in terms of what do I want? They just kind of react to every situation without being conscious so much. Yeah, it's tricky, but as far as my experience, it it does have this inner calling. You have this calling and a lot of meditation as far as just becoming aware of this moment, becoming aware of what everything consists of this moment. Uh, the lessons of A Course in Miracles were very helpful for me and as far as trying to figure out, you know, <laughs> essentially, you know, my mind gives all the meaning the world for me and all the meaning of my experience for me and I've been giving it meanings against myself instead of for myself and and so it kind of turns things around and, and recognize that the world and the universe is not really against me but I have to be like mindfully aware of my emotions and my experience and and really what I'm choosing and in and really uh, uh, utilizing that self-fulfilling prophecy instead of somehow uh, making sure it's always going to work against me. You know, uh, that statement there, the self-fulfilling prophecy is often used in a negative fashion. And, mm -hmm. and it's more or less we want to recognize that just the fulfillment of our life in its totality is happening for a reason, as you said. So mm -hmm. if it's all happening for a reason, you know, what is this thought? What is this feeling? What is this sensation that I'm having uh, happening for? You know, where is it taking me? Is it guiding me down this direction? Is it guiding me down that way? What do I want mm. from it? Where is it? Where am I going to go? What am I going to become? And just, you know, trusting and essentially taking your pick of which and what you are going to react to. Uh, did that even answer the question? Yeah. Maybe well, bit. you said you know, we feel like the universe is against us. And I definitely have felt like that. And people often say, well, you know, it's trying us and testing us to see how we'll do it. Yeah. I wonder, is the universe ever against us? It Does it really try and test us like that? Well, or is it in the sense of a test and a trial, um, we put ourselves in that so there are mm -hmm. periods in which it does actually do this testing and trying but mm -hmm. we developed it so it's for us you know mm -hmm. <laughs> like while we're in it we, this against us experience is is against us yes but when we recognize we made it against us then it is for us and it's for us being against us so <laughs> You know, like just the whole, even the laws of physics and everything, like we, we made it to establish this experience. And if we break that, then, you know, and 
which we can when we recognize the truth of ourselves we can break it and do anything we want but we made it to establish this experience so at the same time to it, it's against our desire to get out at the same time because of it's for us wanting us to be in this so like this whole mm. development of the ego seems to be an enemy but we developed it because we wanted to be in this experience firsthand as ourselves as a self for the self and and so we we dove into it and we got really involved into it and we made up this idea of death and so while <laughs> it is against us in it but mm -hmm. we designed it to be against us therefore it's for us and so there's a higher reason a higher purpose that it's for than what it seems to be within it so then we're going with that resonating with a higher purpose can i see perfection in the ego no matter what it seems to be positive or negative good or bad can i see perfection i want to go to a higher plane of existence quite literally in my consciousness to be aware of something more and then that naturally is resonating and bringing myself to this like i was talking about my travels today and through my travels i it, uh, as i wanted to transcend the world i wanted to heal my mind of the world and and so my intent was really to not know where to go, not know what to do. Uh, so often I did put myself in experiences that I knew would be very trying and, and hard to do and, and unusual because really I didn't know if that was the answer or not. And I, I, a lot of times I would try to say, oh, no, that's not going to work. And then I'm like, no, I don't know what it's going to do because this goal can't be obtained by that mind that knows what it's doing that mind that knows what it's doing is only going to be taking you to you know what it's learned repeating and regurgitating old stuff from schooling and history and its experience and essentially the habit of the body and the interpretation of the world that knows so this this to to get beyond that self you can't go by that self that guide of that personality can't take you there so you can't listen to it you have to you have to silence it and allow yourself to continue trusting that if it's something you're doing or being or going or whatever or saying then you're just trusting something outside of yourself what at the time well it seems outside of yourself you're trusting in this god you're trusting in the universe uh, higher self the holy spirit spiritual universe however you want to see it and describe it even other entities and all this stuff uh anyway really it doesn't matter how we describe what our guides are or the guide is it, it all is is really just guiding beyond myself one way mm -hmm. or another and it's all going to the same destination it's like the acidic monks and stuff who willingly deprive themselves of you know all the luxuries of life or they fast for long periods or they don't even wear clothes some of them are naked monks you know to try to push themselves out of that comfort zone to try to you know do like you were doing and experience something uncomfortable the master 
And while that's true, uh, one does, and speaking of Indian food in India, uh, it it becomes like a culture and it becomes, you know, completely everybody's doing it. (laughs) Almost as if it's now comfortable. And it's Mm. now everybody, you know, I I don't know how to uh, strive for money and strive to be rich and all this stuff. So that makes me uncomfortable more than it is you know, hanging bricks from my balls and stuff like that. <laughs> they do there. You know, all these. Oh, this is challenging. This is pain. Look at me. I'm. I'm over pain. I'm. I'm. And yeah. Okay. You're comfortable with with that pain. And now, so now, so everybody's kind of guided in different fashion. And you you see you see that happening. And and Western mentality is starting to take over in India. Because it is is that idea that it is now to strive for that uncomfortability, and you're awakening something else. It's it's questioning your reality, regardless of if your reality was one way or the other, Western or Eastern or anything. It's mm-hmm. it's essentially everyone wants to question their reality and go into something they're uncomfortable with because they want to recognize what's beyond this reality that they see themselves. Boom. Okay. I was reading something once a long time ago that's like a self-improvement book or something, but they were talking about how if you grow, you have to become something that you're not. So if you're totally comfortable with what you are, you'll never grow. You have to expand into the... The, the phrase they used was to become comfortable with finding yourself in uncomfortable situations. Yeah, yeah, that's good. And learning how to act under pressure in a way that, uh, yeah, it, it's always the transition is always uncomfortable. It's it's kind of meant to be that way. And I describe it as a labyrinth of our minds, as that because you don't really know which way to turn and even you're going to some class even in school or whatever and if you go in there knowing everything about the class knowing you know what you need to learn what you're gonna what they are going to teach you okay i want to learn how to do this you know it might not be as easy as understanding as playing the piano but once you think you (laughs) know then you're not going to be open to actually experiencing the change that the rearrangement of your experience. So it's, as you're describing, like, you it, you can't know what you're going to learn or else you're not going to learn anything because you already know it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have to <laughs> not know it so that you can experience the learning of it. And that's kind of the idea of this whole reality of coming into the world not knowing anything. And then it's take your own direction of what you want to learn or how you're going to learn it. And are you going to recognize that eventually you do know everything? So <clears throat> when we find ourselves in situations where we we have a goal or an expectation, we want something to go one way, but then it goes a totally different way. Yeah. And we, we're like, oh, no, we're dying. Something's breaking. We're getting hurt. I'm not getting what I want. Mm-hmm. But really, it could be a growth experience. Yeah, as simple as even just understanding, accepting, and if you're getting stronger by it and all that stuff. But really... If if you were in the mind that doesn't know, doesn't recognize uh, what what way it's supposed to go, like mm. you might be going on a path, and I've been on plenty of hikes in my life, 
And sometimes those hikes, yeah, I'm going up the mountain, but then some reason the path turns in a direction. And if I, if I think I know I'm supposed to be going up the mountain, I can be like, no, this path is wrong. So I'm going to start <laughs> making my own path and start going forward. I'm, you know, looking straight at the top of the mountain. I'm going for it. I, I might find myself in a place where I can't get past, you know. That path was turning so I can go around that cliff and up on the other side instead of trying to climb up it, which is a far more, uh, far more struggle, bigger struggle, than going around the cliff edge and, and going up it in a different direction. Yeah, it would take longer, but it is essentially in our best interest to mm-hmm. follow that. And so... Yeah, it, it might be a little bit of a pain inside to suddenly start turning left or right instead of going straight up. Uh, but and I, it's essentially taking us exactly where we want to go, but in a way that's been done before, uh, which is, you know, it's it's possible. You know it's possible. And, and so it involves some trust. But I also put in the disclaimer, if you really feel guided to start your own path and and start blazing your own trail then somebody's got to do it so go ahead and do (laughs) it and and that's how that one began in the first place so uh, you know follow that inner calling uh, and what that is you you're designed to do but the idea here really is about the trusting that even though it seems like you (laughs) this could be going against what you think of as your goal even your goal isn't quite what you think it is. It's more of a, a motivation to get on the trail. Like, oh, yeah, you know, putting out that hot dog in front of you and you're chasing after it, it's not really about the hot dog. It's about moving. It's about changing. It's about going. It's about, doing, you know, yeah, the goal here, yeah, enlightenment this way. You know, and then when you get to enlightenment, you realize it's not what you thought it was and it's even better. You know, but you are willing right. to not know what it was to learn it, to go there. So in order to be able to fully trust in that divine guidance, we have to come from a place of not knowing, not pre-expecting where it's going to take us. Yeah, that's the best way to utilize it. Um, you'll find yourself going back and forth, tugging with it, you know trying to figure out if you did it right this time or not and you're like oh i need to tweak my oh it meant this way and that you know trying to figure out how to listen to it what it sounds like and and really understand (laughs) it and you're like oh no that one was really out of fear that's what's going yeah i was afraid i was gonna die and stuff so i didn't trust that that path all of a sudden was on the edge of the cliff for a reason but i was trying to get away from it so on whatever and you know if we recognize that even though the path turns around for a minute it happens for a reason and essentially you can be happy and proud of everything you know oh you lost your job wonderful great you know it's actually taking you in a direction to put you in in the place where you actually want to be not where you thought you wanted to be Oh, yeah. I'm trying to learn to find joy in the journey. Because that's what I would really like. You know, even if that path leads to a sheer cliff or a dead end or something, just to find joy in it, you know, to to realize that this is all the path meant for me. And it's all good. Yeah. 
Yeah, just a couple weeks ago, we I took a couple of the stepkids and my son and Treyu. Some reason, last time I was on the trail a few years ago, it was partially paved uh, for quite like a mile or two up to a waterfall, and then after that wasn't paved. And so I was expecting that. And uh, so for some reason, we just went without a tray of shoes and just pushed them in a stroller, and there was no pavement. <laughs> I don't know if oh, there no. ever was or not, and if I'm just delusional or something, but that's probably true. <laughs> uh, or if somehow it was, they decided to get rid of the pavement, because the rocks did seem like they were just destroyed pavement. And it, so we tried like three different tra trails looking for this pavement, because essentially we had to carry a tray you because <laughs> he didn't have his shoes on and so we were expecting <laughs> something and then at the uh, coming towards the end of it you know as we're kind of getting upset about this you know why didn't we just bring his shoes and go on this hike by itself uh, you know we had a we had we started to recognize that we were kind of having a good time just walking in circles going up and down these mm -hmm. different paths and you know, it wasn't as, as far as intended, but we, we started making kind of a game out of it and, and seeing what we would find. And it, it started turning around uh, that it was just enjoying the trails, <laughs> enjoying the, the little steps and, and kind of having a different experience with ourselves uh, in, instead of so much that it was about getting to the waterfall or anything. So it, it definitely turned around, but, you know... <laughs> I still wish we should have brought the shoes. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. I was, this week, I was at the hospital or something. The director decided he wants to take everyone out to dinner. And I didn't want to go. I'm like, I don't feel like being social. This sounds stupid. I'd rather just go home and study. And so everyone else went to dinner. And half an hour later, I'm sitting there in my little flat alone. And I kept feeling like this tug. Like, you need to get up and go. I'm like, no, I don't want to. You need to get up and go. And I'm like, ah. So it's like, fine. They're probably halfway through dinner right now anyway, and they're probably all about to leave, and by the time I show up, I'll just look stupid. But I got out, walked outside, and ran, literally ran into my director. And I'm like, oh, aren't you guys at dinner? And he's like, yeah, I was running late, but uh, do you want a ride? <laughs> so... <laughs> Right, that gives me a ride. We go there, had dinner, had a really great time, and there was a new girl there, and uh, we made friends and showed them around stuff. And I'm like, man, I have this expectation of how things are going to work out, and I do or I don't want to do things. But when I'm open to new experiences or doing things differently, it's it's weird how oddly coincidental things become. I coincidentally run into the director immediately as he's on his way to to go to the program, you know, to go to dinner with us. And I immediately got there just in time. And the timing's always perfect, you know. Very interesting. Yeah, like it happens for a reason or something. Right, right. <laughs> Which is what we were talking about today. Me and my little roommates, it all happens for a reason, you know. There's so much order in this chaotic chaos. It, it is helpful to, you know, remind yourself this happens for a reason, especially if you having problems accepting or trouble resistance to to accepting the new experience or how it's unfolding and, and it, it definitely is helpful to remind yourself that this all happens for a reason and I'll you know really keep my eyes open 
uh, for why, you know, <laughs> and trusting that not just that it does happen for a reason, but trusting that I will see why eventually and soon I'll recognize and I'll follow that guidance as, you know, I won't miss the call to walk out the door and meet my director there, even though I don't understand <laughs> it. And, and, you know, then when you get on this path too, you start thinking, you know, you're like, Oh, I'm being guided to walk out of the door to run into my director. Okay. So I'm going to go out and, and then there's no director there, you know, and it's like, <laughs> right, right. At different times, you know, we, and then when you start thinking, you know, about the unknowing and, and stuff. So it's, it's tricky because your, your mind tries to sit, protect yourself and save yourself from all of these different experiences of, of not knowing what to do, not knowing how to prepare, not knowing how to be in the moment or so you do prepare and not having the right things that you think you're supposed to have and, and all this <laughs> stuff. Stocking up so, food storage just in case, you know. Right, right. So embrace the unknown, the unpredictable. Yeah, I mean, essentially. Hard because we like routine. Yeah, and we have a, a big room down here that's just full of expired food uh, because because <laughs> we knew what was coming. And <laughs> you know, it's a little early, I suppose. Yeah. We like to try to predict. We don't want to feel unprepared. But sometimes that's what I'm trying to learn is how I'm never really prepared for the unknowable, unpredictable, undefinable, uncomprehensible universe, you know? But yeah. to realize that it was all a choice. <laughs> that the big mind of God can never be hurt, you know? Yeah. It really can just be experienced. It's just an experience. It's just unfolding. <laughs> right. That's kind of what uh, the Tao Te Ching verse today was about. Verse 14 today. It's oh, going yeah. by so quick. I have 14 already. Yeah, I'm doing two a week, so... Yeah. You want to hear it? Cruising on through. Yeah, what is it? Read it. It's your version. It's your interpretation. Yeah. Purpose is always fulfilled through everything. Its only destination is in this moment. Look for it elsewhere and you it can't be found. Hope to hear it and it won't be heard. <coughs> reach out for it and you'll reach on forever. It is manifest by all that is. As it is above, it isn't better. So it is below, it's not worse. It is flawlessly seamless, as it is undefinable. Even while it is represented by form, it remains in the spacelessness of the indescribable. Its expression includes all form, within images without an image of its own hidden subtle behind all concepts or conception approach it and you won't find a beginning 
follow it and you will do so to no end. You cannot know it. You can only be it. Enjoy being in harmony with your life by simply realizing where you have always lived from. The core essence of awareness and wisdom. I think it fits into what we were talking about. Wow. Coincidence. <laughs> it's like everything happens for a reason or something. I think everything happens for a reason. <laughs> it's true though, like, we're always looking to anticipate the future. Or we regret the past or something. But it's true, like, if you start to reach out trying to grab something that's not you, you'll reach out forever. It really is like emphasizing being in that moment. Like it's, it's like, uh, what's the word? Um, succeeding in reaching out. So if it's going to reach out, it's going to reach out forever because it's mm -hmm. trying to reach. It's trying to look for. So like, it's not actually, you know, finding until it tries to find until it gives up looking until it gives up reaching. It's not going to, actually reach the destination until it is the goal is destination not mm. reaching not looking like hoping to become enlightenment or reach enlightenment or awakening you know you're on this journey forever mm. <laughs> always unfolding oh enlightenment enlightenment you know is it in this and in that is in this it's like eventually you need to be it eventually mm. even as you're talking about that change like eventually you need to be the change, not attempt to try and change. And you're just attempting forever and, mm -hmm. you know, attempt for a little while, learn for a little while, then be it, do it. <laughs> you know, it, it does no good meditating forever until you get to where meditation takes you. Like, mm -hmm. You know, it's what's the point of anything in, without a destination. And, you know, as far as the journey, yes, it's it's wonderful journey, but the journey continues after any and every destination. So it's not like you're actually reaching something that's going to end. You know, you follow it to no end. It, it will continue. And once you approach it, you recognize it has no beginning because it's always been there. It's always been right here. It's always right now. So it's, it's manifest what you are choosing to see and looking for. So if you're looking for looking, then you'll always be looking. If you're mm. looking to find, then you found. And those are different experiences that we choose to have. Yeah. And putting it all, summing it up in one verse, you know, it's, it's a little <laughs> hard to comprehend sometimes, but yeah, it's everything, you know. Are we just looking to live routine or are we looking to like, what is that for? What is it for? All right, Mark, that's our time already. Time's Thank up. you. The meter's running. <laughs> I forgot to put a quarter in. Dang it. <laughs> Right, thank you all for tuning in. If you want to let us know, maybe you have a question we can focus on next week or sometime, 
send us an email, openandclear at gmail.com, or visit our, the website, openandclear.com. Thank you, and I'll talk to you next week, Mark. Yeah, sounds good, man. All right, have a beautiful day, everyone. <laughs>